Welcome to this latest edition, this final edition of the Real Deal Podcast, at least in, in 2022. I'm your host, Real Joe Quinn. Episode 862, as we discuss the world of sports and pop culture. Hope that everybody out there enjoyed their Christmas and uh, the time. Hopefully, you got some time to yourself, got some time with the family, chance to kind of like decompress and look, you know, look forward to 2023 which you know has only but three days left uh three days left in it uh 29 30 yes three days we have three days left in it um i'm happy to be with you here um uh, it's been a great year i'm looking forward to next year and doing bigger and better things with this with this podcast i am uh running solo tonight um rob sap will not be in and uh certainly we want to thank Rob Sapp for his contributions to this podcast over the past year. Uh, he obviously is a huge part of the podcast, so certainly, uh, you know, hopefully he's enjoying his holiday as well. We're almost, we are, we are almost at the finish line of the NFL season. Just two more weeks, two more weeks left. We're going to look back at a uh, week uh, 16 action uh, really, a, a not as dramatic of of a week, not as dramatic in terms of close games and things of that nature as week fifteen was. In, in, you know, in a in a mind, the Robert Sapp, it was week fifteen was the best week of NFL football this year, and I I agree with that. But still, you got some great games. Um, as always, we're going to begin with our themes. The standard is the standard. Uh, we'll be I'll be flushing that out later on in the program as a a, a team from the Keystone State. Had a big week and uh, just refused to. They refused. They tanking is not in their nature, so we'll discuss them. But as always, all the thoughts. Uh, the Buffalo Bills handle the Chicago Bears 35-13. Really, a, if Rob Sapp was here, he would like he would love this type of victory because look at the stat sheet, Bills, 254 yards of rushing. 31 carries, just 26 passes. So even though Josh Allen had a couple of interceptions, didn't play particularly great, 15-26, 172. Uh, The defense and running game dominated dominated this football game. After a shaky first half where Buffalo was trailing, uh, Buffalo was trailing in the, uh, at halftime, actually, uh, you know, 10-6. Second half, you know, they, they dominated the Bears, outscoring them twenty nine to three. And again, if you're a Buffalo fan on the road, listen, we've seen teams struggle uh, in December on the road against lesser teams. So you're not like you're not going to toss this win back. Uh, this was a win. This, you know, the Bears could be. We know the Bears aren't any good, but they do have a quarterback that can run all over you if you you know if you don't maintain your rush lanes. In terms of Justin Fields, Fields, you know they held Fields. They basically held Fields in check. I mean, seven carries, eleven yards. So they did their job on him. And again, you got what you wanted if you're the Buffalo Bills. You got the physical running game, and you got the dominant defense. That is going to be what separates Buffalo if they are to go to go to and win the Super Bowl. Dominant defense and a physical running game. Yes, Josh Allen has to play well. Josh Allen, Josh Allen, depending on the matchup, Borderline will have to play great, uh, especially if it's against Kansas City or if it's against Cincinnati or let's say the Super Bowl against uh, Philly or San Francisco, whoever comes out the NFC. But Josh Allen cannot be, it cannot be strictly the Josh Allen show. Like that, that cannot, that, that's not going to get this team to where it needs to be. This team is going to be, is built off its defense and is built on when they are at their best, they are running the football with force. Uh, 254 yards rushing. Josh Allen only had 41 of those yards you know, on six carries. That's what you want if you're Buffalo. You want to keep those carries in anywhere between three and three and six. If he gets 30 or 40 yards, if he, has you know he breaks a couple of key third downs? Okay, you'll take that. But you want your you want the majority of those rushing yards coming from Singletary and James Cook. 
Both of those guys had big games. Cook, 11 carries, 99 yards, and a touchdown. Singletary, 12 carries, 106 yards, and a touchdown. So, Buffalo, listen, Buffalo's going to have to win out because uh, Kansas City is not real. We'll go over the playoff picture later on, but Kansas City is not losing the game. Like the Chiefs, I'm looking at their schedule. They're not going to lose another game. Buffalo is going to have to win out. And frankly, you know, they sh- you know, we'll we'll see this week. They have a big one with Cincinnati. Uh, that's their last that last real tough game of the season. But uh, Buffalo's going to have to win out, or that Kansas City win that they had earlier the season will go off and will go for nothing. Uh, will mean nothing as both of those teams right now are currently twelve and three. Uh, but Buffalo controls his own destiny because of that win earlier this season. So Buffalo Buffalo takes care of, uh, of the Bears. The Bears, of course, will be looking at the draft in terms of a uh, top five pick or something like that. Um, and and, and go and be already should be looking ahead, preparing for 2023. Um, game of the week uh, was about one of not only was it the game of the week, it was one of the best games of the year. Philadelphia falls to Dallas 40-34. This was a just a tremendous football game to watch on Christmas Day. Uh, give Dallas a lot of credit. Uh, give Dallas a lot of credit. They were down by 10 a couple of times in this game. First, 10 down, 10 nothing, And then at one point down, 27-17. Uh, Dak Prescott throws the pick six, but finished the day with three touchdown passes. Um, Dallas... Uh, despite Dallas, uh, Dallas had to have this game um, from a standpoint of if you can't beat Philadelphia without Jalen Hurts, then you'll never be able to beat him. Like Dallas, from a mental standpoint, need, needed this game a lot more than Philadelphia. Philadelphia did not need this game uh, as they are still in prime position to um, to win the conference, uh, to clinch best, to home field advantage in the conference, and to have the division. That that's still all in play for the Philadelphia Eagles. The most important thing for the Eagles are these injuries. I mean, Lane Johnson, uh, that's a big one. Like that that one, that's definitely a big one. If he misses any extens uh, any uh, extended time, I I don't think he plays. I I don't I frankly don't think John Lane Johnson or Jalen Hurts will play until the playoffs. To be honest with you, um, in regards to this game, again, Prescott had a big game following the pick six, uh, 347. They got enough out of the running game, uh, out of the running game to keep Philadelphia somewhat honest. Um, keep Philadelphia somewhat honest. Give Philadelphia a lot of credit in this game. Philadelphia, like they made a ton of Philadelphia made a ton of mistakes with the turnovers and still had a chance to win this game. Uh, I Philadelphia to be they are the most complete team in the NFL. I mean, you go on the road. And have four turnovers against a very good Dallas team and almost still win the game shows you the level of talent that Philadelphia has. Uh, Philadelphia, you know, even when their quarterbacks don't play, and we've seen this over the course of the history of the Philadelphia Eagles in the last 20 years, and we saw it with Andy, Andy Reid in particular, they would lose their starting quarterback to an injury or something, to an injury and what have you. And it wouldn't matter from the standpoint of they still would go out there. They would switch up their game plan, change up their styles, run the ball, still play great defense, even though they didn't play great defense this game. But Philadelphia, that that team has a lot of that team has a lot of pride, um, and they they even in defeat they were very impressive because I thought that this you know Sap thought that this would be a blowout if Jalen Hurst didn't play. I thought that this would be at worst a double digit victory for the Cowboys if uh, Hurst didn't play. But it was neither. I mean, Dallas had to sweat this game out. I mean, so. The last play, like, like, you know, and you know, it's just typical Philadelphia. You know, they get a quarterback where it's Gardner Bishnu. Uh, I remember back in the day, Jeff Garcia came in for Donovan when Donovan was hurt uh, a few years back. Came in and kept the ball rolling, and to a point where Philadelphia still made the playoffs that season. I think it was the 2006 season when uh, Garcia came in and played well. People thought Garcia was done at that stage in his career, coming off his years in San Francisco, but. They are able to plug in guys and quarterbacks in their system, and those guys are able to produce. And, you know, they, again, they still have to be the most complete roster in the NFL right now. So if you're a Philadelphia fan, uh, sure, you hate losing to Dallas, but you have to be feeling good about your, great about your team moving forward if, if, uh, 
if Jalen Hurts is able to get back. And Hurts will play again this season. It's a matter of how effective will he be with that shoulder. Again, if I were if I were the brass Philadelphia organization coaching Sirianni, uh, Sirianni, I would hold Jalen Hurts out. They they have New Orleans this week. They should be able to beat New Orleans without without uh, Jalen Hurts. Like New Orleans is is a bad football team. They should be able to handle New Orleans without uh, Jalen Hurts. They don't need him, and they only need to win one of their next two games uh, to clinch the uh, conference, or or have or have San Francisco, or uh, have San Francisco, Minnesota, one of those teams lose. Uh, Lose, lose a game, so they don't need a lot to clinch a uh, division title and also a conference title in terms, in terms of earning that number one seed. Some games of note, of course, we had the uh, Green Bay uh, Shocker on uh, Christmas Day. Uh, Green Bay takes out uh, Miami twenty six twenty. It is. Minnesota, excuse me, Miami's fourth loss in five games. They now fall to eight seven is Green Bay's third straight win. Um Green Bay, again, the story of this game is Tua on both on on it on Tua all the way. I mean, this is Tua's Tua through those three interceptions in the fourth quarter consecutive on consecutive possessions. Um and then we find out that he had suffered a, yet another concussion. Uh, his unofficially his third, officially his second. Uh, they did not count that first that concussion course that came against uh Buffalo way back in week what three or four. I think it was maybe I think it was week three. But this basically this is his third concussion. Um, give Green Bay a lot of credit. They hung in there. Aaron Rodgers was not great in this game, but he you know made enough plays. Uh, Green Bay did not. Know, have a like it's not like Green Bay put up a, a big time numbers offensively. They just were able their defense saved the day um with those intercept with those three interceptions in the fourth quarter. And uh they did enough, you know, did enough from that standpoint to win the game. Um the bottom line is, I mean listen, Miami had four turnovers in this game. That will get you beat no matter how how much better you are than your opponent. Um Miami right now is a team that's just they're just not quite there yet as far as being a team that uh the way they finish this, the way they uh played uh down the stretch. Um this is not this is not quite there yet. Like they are a year away. I listen, I, I'm not gonna make the same mistake I made with Tua early in the season saying that, you know, you know, I would be shocked if he played for the rest of the season, let alone next next game. He's. I've already looked at it, looked at the injury report. He is probable for Sunday against New England. So that lets you know all you need to know uh, in regards to like how much they care about this guy's health. Um, he should not be playing for the rest of the year. Should like he should not be playing for the rest of the year. And if you notice, I'm looking at two of his numbers. His last. Uh, for the season, no, still twenty-five touchdowns, eight interceptions. But his last, his recent games, he has uh, his last four games, four his last five games. Four of those have been, of course, losses. They have lost. Uh, four of those have been losses, and you know he has three interceptions. I mean, he has not played well over the last. Like, you gotta go back to the, out the Houston game. Hasn't played well over the last month. Uh, now Buffalo game he played, he was okay in the Buffalo game, but he's really struggled uh, over the last month. They uh, again, their their team that is a relative is a young team that has not been here before in terms of knowing how to close out a season, knowing how to win these types of games, and it, it has shown as they struggle as they are, you know, they're still. They are still in the playoff hunt, but they right now they're looking like a team that that they don't look like a playoff team right now. They just don't. And there are a number of teams in the AFC that there are a couple teams in the AFC that have a chance to take their place if they slip up, if they are, are to slip up that much more. Uh, but 
they're still but the good news for them what they have what they do have going for them and we'll talk about this later is they do have a pretty good conference record uh and, and still basically control their own destiny as far as making the playoffs but they are not they are leaking oil without question uh coming down the stretch as far as green bay goes green bay has a it's all in green is green bay will need a little help but if they went out more than likely they're going to make the playoffs if they went out now they need uh if their remaining uh their remaining schedule they have minnesota and detroit at home they could win either both of those games they could lose both of those games they could split uh who knows what you know green bay has been has been good this year but uh playing pretty playing okay right now down sure they haven't been spectacular in these wins but right now looking at the bottom half of the nfc uh there's no reason to think that green bay cannot overtake a struggling washington commander team that is struggling and uh, a Seattle team that we all Seattle team that we don't trust. Of course, the, the Detroit Lions are you know they're still the Lions. Like so, I don't put too much stock in the Lions. So Green Bay has a, has a excellent chance, a pretty good chance to um, uh, to be uh, to to get that final playoff spot, uh, that final that seventh seed in the NFC. The Giants, Minnesota, excellent game to watch. Uh, Giants played well in this game, played well enough to win. The, listen, the guy makes a 61-yard field goal. What are you going to do? There's really nothing you could do about that. Um, 61 yards, indoors, outdoors, is, uh, is a long way to kick a, to kick a football. Uh, the Giants certainly played well enough to win. Um, now, I still think the Giants will make the playoffs. Uh, I thought Daniel Jones played well in this game. Uh, they were able to run the ball effectively, uh, relatively well. And, you know, they just lost to a team that probably that you know, not probably it's also a team that has more talent. I mean, Minnesota is a, has a, is a more talented team, even though we don't trust the Vikings. And I particularly don't like the Vikings. Uh, we I've expressed that over the course of this uh, podcast, over the course of this year on this, on this podcast, that I don't that, you know, that my disdain for the Vikings, not trusting them as a big time team. And they're not a big time team, despite their 12 and three record. But they are 12 and three. They are going to be in the playoffs, and they are still in the running for that top seed, though they would need Philadelphia to lose both games. Uh, they would need Philadelphia to lose two games, and, and of course, Minnesota needs to win their remaining uh, games to get home for the bench. But right now, they are in position as a, as the number two seed in the NFC. And listen, I my thoughts on Minnesota has not have not changed whatsoever. I... If I'm one of those bottom teams, whether Green Bay, Washington, Detroit, whoever, um, who else is at the bottom? Uh, Seattle, any of those teams at the bottom or the sixth seed, give me Minnesota in the first round, please. Like, please give me Minnesota in the first round. Like, I have no fear whatsoever of the Minnesota Vikings uh, in the first round in the playoffs. I just don't. All right, speaking of the playoffs, um, looking at the playoff picture, so the AFC – is basically set uh, from a standpoint of we know five of the seven spots have been clinched. Buffalo, Kansas City, Cincinnati, Baltimore, and the Chargers all have clinched spots. Chargers had an excellent win, a nice win, uh, a nice win against uh, Indianapolis that got them in. They now, amazingly, with six losses, basically can kind of banish their season. Um, they're not, I mean, I guess they, you know, I don't know. I don't know the big difference between a five and six seed. I guess is depending on who you play, depending on matchups, and you don't know what those matchups with the teams up top. So I, the Chargers are in a unique spot where they can kind of navigate the rest of their season, uh, even with six losses and two games left in terms of resting people and things of that nature. I'm sure they'll play this game. I'm sure that they will play Week 17, like you know, play go all out Week 17 and then see what happens with Week 18. But listen, uh, at the top. Buffalo, like I said, Buffalo will have to win out to hold on to that number one spot. Kansas City is not going to lose. They're just not going to lose another game. Uh, we'll talk more about Buffalo, Cincinnati. Cincinnati still has a chance at the top spot as well. And a lot that a lot of that will depend on uh, this Buffalo matchup coming up. And, of course, Kansas City. Um well, no, can't say. But Cincinnati will have we can't say to lose a game for them to get that top spot, but they still have a chance at it. Um, it basically comes down to two spots. You have the, the Jacksonville, who had a 
who just did whatever they wanted to do against the Jets on Thursday night, just uh, toyed with the Jets 19-3. Uh, Zach Wilson gets benched again. His days in New York are over, uh, to say the least. And, you know, Jacksonville's defense has been playing great. They are they are a team certainly on the rise right now. Had them last week at stock up 7-8. They are in prime position to win that division. Um, and you have Miami at 7th that now, Miami has a big game against New England this week. That will go a long way to determine that spot. But Miami is at 8-7. New England, 7-8. The Jets are 7-8. Tennessee, 7-8. Pittsburgh, 7-8. Amazingly, the Vegas Raiders still have a chance at 6-9 to make the playoffs, though. It would take a number of just wild scenarios. I don't see it happening for them to make the playoffs. Uh, the good thing Miami has going for them is conference record. Uh, they have a better they have a better conference record than New England, the Jets, Tennessee, and of course, and also Pittsburgh as well. So you have that going for them. Um, so we'll you know we'll see what happens with that with that. But there are basically two spots left in the uh, AFC that are still uh, up for grabs. Two spots, and I would say two spots, and I would say one, two, three, four. Five teams have a legitimate chance. I don't think Pittsburgh, with this conference record, will make it. I think their conference, that conference record is three and seven. I think that will come back and bite them in the ass. Uh, figure, and figure about Vegas. Vegas is not in Cleveland. Well, Cleveland's been eliminated. Vegas is not making it. Uh, as far as the NFC goes, again, the Eagles control their own destiny, to say the least. They, uh, the Eagles, all they have to do is win one out of the next two games. They will clinch home foot advantage. Uh, Minnesota. Needs to uh, now Minnesota is in a, uh, now Minnesota need, is fighting off San Francisco, so keep that in mind. So they need to keep winning because uh, 49ers are right on their tail. And bite and but if you remember, uh, San Francisco does have a superior, better conference record than Minnesota, so if they finish with the same record. San Francisco will will get that number two seed uh, because their conference record uh, is superior to Minnesota's. Um. So, um, they uh, so up top is basically settled again. You have four spots that are settled in the NFC right now. You have the four spots with the Eagles, Vikings, Eagles, Vikings, 49ers, and Cowboys have clinched. Uh, Tampa Bay is, is bad. Will be is battling Carolina for that spot. Uh, and New Orleans for that for the division still. Uh, Carolina controls their own destiny, so does Tampa. And the Giants and Commanders round out the conference as far as six are uh, uh, at the six and seven spots. Now, the Commanders, despite two straight losses, because everybody, because the bottom of the NFC has been so bad as far as Detroit and Seattle, and I know Detroit had a horrible loss against Carolina. Like, you can't take this, I can't take you serious trying to make the playoffs and getting spanked by a Carolina team that has, you know, that by a Carolina team that just is not any good. So Detroit, you know, it's not a surprise. Detroit is Detroit. But those last two spots, you have Seattle, Detroit, Green Bay, Carolina, New Orleans, all in contention for those, contention for those last two spots. I think the Giants will get in. Um, the Packers, again, have a very – very favorable schedule as far as, like, you know, we know Minnesota's not any good. The Packers will be at, have them at home. They have Detroit at home. So the Packers, the Packers um, could definitely get that seventh spot. I don't trust Seattle at all, and I don't trust Detroit. Don't trust Seattle. Don't trust Detroit. So I think it would be, and I, I, I think Tampa Bay will find a way to get in. I think they would just find – I think Brady will will them to the playoffs. Tampa Bay, what Tampa Bay has going for them as far as that division though goes is a they do have a superior conference record. They are 7-3 in the conference versus Carolina. And division-wise, Tampa Bay is also 3-1. and one. So, so is Carolina. So it's going – that division will come down to the uh, Tampa Bay-Carolina uh, game. Tampa Bay and Carolina play one more time. I think they play – oh, they play this week. So Tampa Bay and Carolina play this week. So if Carolina loses that game, Carolina is I they're done. It took me. If Carolina loses that game, then Carolina's done. So that that will put them. So Carolina, that is a must win game for Carolina. Um against Tampa Bay. Um again, the commanders, 
you know, start Carson Wentz. I it doesn't it frankly doesn't matter uh to me at this point. I don't think there's a big difference. I don't like I said, Washington has not looked like a playoff team. Um, they might get in despite just despite the fact that they are in a the, 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 these other teams keep losing. Um, so that might get them in, get them in. But I, I, I frankly don't think they're going to make it. I think if I'm looking at the seventh spot, I, I think that either Detroit or Green Bay will get that seventh spot. To be honest with you, I don't trust Seattle at all. So it would be Detroit or Green Bay will get that seventh spot, and um. Yeah, I just don't trust Washington right now. Um, they, uh, with the quarterback situation and just you know that that was that that giant loss was a brutal loss. I, I, we knew they were going to lose to San Francisco. That that wasn't a surprise at all. But the giant home loss was a brutal loss. Now again, their schedule is not ridiculous to, uh, to, uh, at all, to say at least in the last couple of games. They have Cleveland and then Dallas. Uh, who knows? I don't think Dallas more than likely would be playing for anything in that last game. So, you know, Washington could get in. You could, listen, there's still a scenario where four NFC East teams could get in. That still very much exists uh, uh, moving forward. So, but right now, uh, Philadelphia, Minnesota, San Francisco, and Dallas are the only locks in the NFC. Um, and again, San Francisco right now is, is the team that just, that stands out. Like, I know Philadelphia, I understand Philadelphia is the most complete team. And if I had, if I had to bet on a team going to the Super Bowl out of the NFC, I probably would still lean towards Philadelphia because I think Hurts will be back. But I'm telling you right now, San Francisco is by far playing the best football out of all those teams right now. Even with Purdy at their quarterback, I still believe that they could possibly get uh, to a Super Bowl. Stock up. Uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers. Um, listen, I thought the Steelers would. Uh, I didn't think the Steelers would tank. Um, I thought there that was there was there would be no chance that Mike Tomlin. He's just not. He's just not built that way. That franchise is not built that way. But I certainly didn't expect them to be in the playoff hunt. With two games left. Now it's unlikely that they will make the playoffs. But the fact that they've won seven games, they've won. Um, I believe they've won three straight or four, maybe even four straight. Uh, just shows you, again, what this franchise has always been about. They've won, actually, they've won five straight. So think about that. They were, no, they almost, I mean, they've won four out of the last five. Let me get that. They lost, and they lost to the Ravens 16-14. That was like, they easily could have won that game. Remember, so basically since uh, the Saint game, they beat the Saints 20-10. They had a close loss to Cincinnati 37-30. Beat the Colts, beat Atlanta, lost a two-point game to the Ravens, and beat the Panthers and Raiders. Uh, they played great football basically for the, like the last six, the last six weeks or so. Um, and again, that team, we know they have some decent, some decent pieces, some excellent pieces on defense. But it's that that I mean, this is pure. This is just coaching. Like this is culture, coaching and culture that this team is in a position to make the playoffs despite the fact that they were the expectations with basically having a rookie quarterback and a, or a, and a journeyman in Trubisky, the expectations were minimum. I didn't expect anything out of them. Um, I thought probably they could win. They would win like five, four or five games. Certainly I did not have that except winning seven or eight games, which is possible, which is a possibility. But um, this is what that franchise is all about. And this, you have to respect a team. You have to respect, you know, a team that goes out there and competes despite the fact that they have not, again, this team, the, the, there were no Super Bowl expectations for this team. There were no playoff expectations for this team whatsoever. None. And some of the games that they won have been ugly. They scraped, they clawed, but it's, it's all, it's, this is all due to a culture that has been ingrained over the, bat, the better part of the last 50 years. And, you know, that was one of the themes of, that's why I said the standard is the standard for the Pittsburgh Steelers. That's just all there is to it. So their stock is up, and they still still have a possibility. Though I don't think it's going to happen. Still have a possibility to make the playoffs. Let me look at the Pittsburgh schedule. Pittsburgh, uh, yeah, the Ravens. They they're at Baltimore, which is definitely a winnable game, especially if Lamar Jackson doesn't play. And they host the Browns. I mean, listen, they get some help. Uh, 
they get some help, they could definitely make the playoffs. They get some help. So if they went out, um, they would need uh Yeah, I mean they would need some help with from with in regards to like Tennessee and the teams that are help. They they need some help to win out, need some help. But just the fact that they are um still in the mix just shows you uh what that what that franchise is all about. Stock down. The uh I had the Miami Dolphins Again, you lose a game. I'm going to switch this actually to the Denver Broncos. I, I meant to switch it. It's actually the Denver Broncos because, number one, it took them this long to fire Nathaniel Hackett, how they've mismanaged their offense and just been the, one of the worst offensive teams that I've ever seen. I'll talk more about that, but they are the stock down. I, I apologize to the Dolphins fans. To the Dolphins fans, you should be on there for stock down. Who won the week? The Green Bay Packers. You know why? Because about three weeks ago, we were talking about 2023 with the Packers. Now they're in prime position to make a playoff run. So they won their game, and then they got a lot of, they got all the help that they needed and then some by having Seattle lose, Detroit lose, and Washington lose. So all those teams lost coincided with them winning and put them right back in the fix for a playoff spot. Uh, I did not think Green Bay would be in this position uh, to possibly make the playoffs, say, a month ago. I was, we were already talking about Jordan. Should Jordan Love be getting some more reps? Um, what's Aaron Rodgers' future going to be next year? Could he be on another team? Blah, blah, blah. But they are right there with a chance to make the playoffs. And, again, um, you know, you play Minnesota in the first round. That's not – I'm not afraid of Minnesota. Just not. Uh, so they won the week, as far as I'm concerned, uh, with the comeback win over Miami. Biggest disappointment is – it is the Denver Broncos, just as this could be a yearly. Uh, they they're gonna be it's gonna be you're gonna be we're gonna be hard pressed, hard pressed, not to have them as biggest disappointment of the season. They go out there, they get just shellacked by a Rams fifty one fourteen. You fire your coach probably three weeks too late. Uh, you have then you got this situation with Russell Wilson, where you know he's a diva all of a sudden now. They that work ethic the Blue collar that at that Russell Wilson has disappeared, according to you know the stuff that you're reading out of Denver, and they are a franchise in flux right now. You don't have a coach, you don't. Your quarterback might be cooked. Um, very interesting to see what 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 happens moving forward. They wasted a defense that was a legit top five, top ten defense all year long. Uh, they wasted a number of weapons that they have that are very good that on the outside and with the running game. So this team, this team should not have been. There's no way that this team should not have been contending for a playoff spot. Like no way. Like this team, the four and eleven. This team is no way that this team should have been four and eleven. Like they've literally been one of the worst teams in all of football, right there with Arizona and Chicago and you know uh, Houston and what have you. They have been one. They in terms of aesthetically, they have been the worst team in football to look at. To watch them play offense has been like it's in, it's impossible to play offense as poorly as they play offense this year. It really is. Uh, week seven, week seventeen preview, big game with Buffalo and Cincinnati. This could be a AFC Championship game. Both of these teams are Super Bowl contenders. I don't really. I'm not going to put too much stock into Cincinnati struggling with New England. And barely coming out alive in that game, they were up twenty-two nothing, fell asleep on the road, and you know things happened in the NFL. New England almost made a miraculous comeback, but it did. They still were able to get the win. Uh, they still have a chance. Uh, this game is a. This game is much bigger for Buffalo because Cincinnati has shown Cincinnati has shown you that they don't need home field advantage to get to a Super Bowl. They got to a Super Bowl last year, and they had they played one home game. They took out Kansas, took out Tennessee. On the road, took out Kansas City on the road. Buffalo needs home field to get to the Super Bowl, period. Period, point blank. So this game is a much bigger game for Buffalo than Cincinnati. I think Buffalo will find a way to, to win a very, very close game. This will be a fascinating game to watch from a matchup standpoint. Cincinnati's defense with Buffalo's offense. Um, I'm sure they will dare Josh Allen to throw the ball. Uh, forty or fifty times. They, they, they like that. To me, if I'm if I'm playing Buffalo, I don't want Buffalo running the football. I want Buffalo throwing the ball all over the place, 
Josh Allen has had a lot of turnovers in terms of interceptions, especially over the last half of the season of this season. So, um, and it takes away from their physical style of play. So we'll see if you know they'll they're gonna they're, like they're gonna dare them. I don't think that they will see a lot of three man fronts from Cincinnati because I think Buffalo absolutely will run the ball. If they get a three man front, I think they will run the ball. But I, I don't think Cincinnati will give them a lot of give them a lot of those looks. So fascinating game. I like Buffalo by what 24-21. Something like that. 24-23. I think this will be a very, very close game. Dallas and Tennessee uh tomorrow night. Uh, big game in terms of playoff implications for Tennessee. I don't like how Tennessee has played down the stretch. I definitely like Dallas in this game, uh, despite the fact that wacky things happen on a Thursday night. I, I will take Dallas uh, just on the sheer about just on sheer talent to find a way to win this game. Miami, New England, who knows? I don't don't trust either one of these teams right now. Uh, I probably lean towards New England the way if like. Even if Tua plays, uh, I don't know how effective he can be with, you know, yet again, another concussion. I don't trust New England, to be honest with you. So this is, this is basically a toss-up game. Like, somebody's going to have to win. I put it to you that way. Uh, so I like I slightly like New England. Slightly. Uh, not by a lot, um, certainly. And Pittsburgh, Baltimore, I actually like Pittsburgh in this game. Uh, Lamar Jackson, I Actually, I, even even Lamar Jackson plays, I like Pittsburgh in this game, to be honest with you. Um, I don't like the way Baltimore has played down the stretch, even even with them winning some games. Um, Pittsburgh will be the more desperate team. Baltimore has already clinched a playoff spot, so Pittsburgh definitely will be the more desperate team as they still have a chance to uh, make the playoffs. Um, and by the way, if I'm Baltimore, I'm just trying to keep I, – I probably – the fact that I've clinched a spot, I know you have an outside chance at the division, but I'm – you like you're not right now. You know the most important thing, even more so than a than a home game in the first round, is making sure that Lamar Jackson's healthy. So I will hold out Lamar Jackson, um, and probably into the playoffs. I would treat him similar to what to the what to how Philadelphia should treat uh, Jalen Hurts. Some real thoughts before I let you go. Uh, Nathaniel Hackett, court. Daniel Hackett, of course, is out. Uh, you want to know why, not why he was fired, but why he's fired, you know, with that three weeks left in the season after week 15. Uh, you know, just want to get a, a go-ahead on on early, on some candidates early uh, as core everybody else fires their coaches. So don't, so this is the, the kind of like the new thing team started in the last five years, getting rid of coaches in week 14, 15, 16, before like a couple weeks before the season ended to get the go-ahead on the coaching, on the coaching search, uh, college and pro. I don't know what Denver's going to, like, ideally, um, you know, Denver, uh, I don't even know if that's a good job, to be honest with you. Uh, I honestly don't even know if that's a good job right now. Um, it is, uh, you have a question again. I don't think Russell Wilson is completely cooked, but I think that you're not counting on him to carry your team. He's kind of, he's kind of in the stage. He he needs a lot of help. Put you that way. He needs a lot of help. And I I like the money that they've given him. I don't know if they're going to be able to build the team around him with the money that they've paid him. Because eventually, when that contract really starts kicking in, they're going to lose some of those talents, lose some of the talented pieces that they have, and then you're at that point you're depending on him to kind of make up for those pieces with his play, and I don't think he's at that level anymore. I don't. I, and to be honest with you, looking over the course of his career, I don't think he ever really was that guy to cover up for missing pieces. I think in the last couple of years, he did win some games, but I don't think he was ever that guy that's going to be like, hey, if we lose this defensive tackle or if we lose this weapon on offense that Russell can make up for uh, that loss. I don't. To be honest with you, I don't think he's that guy. And again, he's probably he's going to end up in the Hall of Fame based on the sheer number, sheer number of games that he's won, uh, been the two Super Bowls and what have you. But I don't think he's on a level of quarterback to where he can make up for you not having certain piece, certain uh, talent. I just don't. Um, so, but as far as Nathaniel Hackett, one of the worst coaching jobs that I've ever seen 
like literally like in a single year. One of the worst coaching jobs that I've ever seen. You're talking about a team that played offense, that played some of the worst historically bad offense. Historically bad. Like they they you know, looking at their numbers, um, you know, fifteen points a game, like it's it's it is they 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 play some of the just that the, the offensive numbers are just deplorable. I mean, you look at their uh, yards per play. You look at their uh, points, you know, points per game. They uh, they are right now fifteen and a half points per game. Fifteen and a half points per game. Um, again, they played some of the just total yards uh, all around. It's just horrible all around. They only averaged uh, what actually a total yards three hundred sixteen yards, but just. Just aesthetically, to watch them play offense was was just almost impossible. And it's like you can't play offense worse than the Denver Broncos did this year. You can't. And again, I think it was more about Hackett not having a clue, but also Russell Wilson. You know, you go to the Hall of Fame one day. He has to take the brunt. He has to take some of that as a quarterback. If the offense had been good, uh, above average, they would have gave him. They have been throwing him flowers left and right. So when you when you stink up the joint, 12 touchdowns, nine interceptions for the season, you have to take that. And we'll see, you know, if he, we'll see who they bring in. We'll see what direction that franchise is going in. But again, they, the Denver offense this year was some of the worst offense, some of the worst offense in football that you will ever see. And Nathaniel Hackett was a guy that never should have been the head coach. He, I would have fired him. I would have fired him in September, to be honest with you. I would have got rid of him in September. Uh, finishing off with a little pop culture. Um, so I don't know if anybody saw what Akon said uh, in regards to comparing comparing performers from Africa to uh, to American Black American performers. Uh, here's the here's the quote. All right, here we go. We're a little different when it comes to stage presence. Now, America, oh yeah. Them niggas going to be wobbling, hands hanging, half half down, bored as hell, half asleep because they high as hell on stage. But Africa, we wake up, we wake up, like look at the look at these YouTube clips of all these kids from look like look at these YouTube clips of all these kids from Uganda. So you have a situation where, and I like, I can't stand. I let me tell you something. I, I can't stand these niggas, man. I can't stand these self hating niggas. That shit. That in essence, no, it's not shit on black culture. They're shitting on themselves. You see, I mean, if you if you if you are African American, if you're African, if you're black, you had you're talking about you're talking about separating uh, Africans from black Americans is then to me you have a problem. You have an identity crisis, and you have a form of self hatred that frankly you need to deal with. And again, this is worse than say to me a Candace Owens. Candace Owens does what she does because she is she makes profit out of it. She gets paid to shit on black people. So that that is all money. It's all it, it's all financial from her standpoint. Akon, I don't know what Akon gets out of it. I think I actually think Akon believes what he says. And I, I this is not a situation where we anybody should be surprised. This is a guy who said that black people didn't need to get over slavery. He's defended Kanye West with his with with Hitler uh, with something with with his Hitler re- rhetoric, um, so it's, it's not it's not surprising, but I guess the troubling aspect of it is the fact that he is still an influence, and you know kids from over Africa actually some there might be kids a ten year old twelve fourteen thirteen year old fifteen year old that actually believe this bullshit. And have a create a separation between them and say kids and, and teenagers and, and people from over here. Like I see, I mean, I I look at an African American at an African somebody that's African, and there's no separation. I'm African. We all like we are. If you if you have black skin, black skin, you're African. And, I, and again, I'm not gonna get into the debate because we we all we've all heard the person. I'm I'm mixed with this that third. It's like eh, okay. But if you get pulled over the cops, they're not going to be saying, hey, look at that, you know, 
Look at that. Uh, look at that Portuguese person with curly hair. Look at that Cuban. Now they're not gonna say they're not gonna say all the things that you claim to be mixed with. They look at you as a black man or a black woman. Period. So I just don't subscribe to the whole anti, you know, shitting on uh, black culture, shitting on being idea of being black. Listen, you can hold people accountable. Like I, I, I can call out another black man. I can call out a black woman. I can call out myself for that matter. We should all hold each other accountable, uh, including most importantly ourselves accountable. But there's a way to do that. I can do that without a form, without hating myself. And when you say shit like that, um, first of all, like you know, the, we the performers in terms of like, uh, I don't know who he, I, like again. I don't know who he's talking about with. In terms of performance, stage performances, as far as hip hop or R and B, uh, like rap, R and B, hip hop is the biggest music genre in the world right now. The concerts are sold out left and right. Um, so I, yeah, I don't, I, I, I don't know who he, who he's specifically talked about. But again, that's not he. He's not He's not going to give you a specific example because that would like go counter to to his argument because he doesn't have a, he doesn't have a specific example. What Akon is doing is is a classic case. Is no different than a form of like white supremacy. It's a form of of saying that the black man, the black black person, is less than. That's all. I mean, that's all he's doing. That's all. That's all. It's no different. There's no, it's, it's really no different saying that, saying that you, you, I, you and I, as a black man, black women are less than. And again, it's even worse, it's worse coming from him because he is, he still carries influence uh, overseas. He still carries influence even within, in the States. So, you know, fuck Akon. Uh, again, I, I can't stand niggas like that. I can't stand people. I like self-hating black black people. I can't fuck with them at ever. Fuck with them at all. I don't want to hear. I just don't have no room for them in my life. I don't have room for them in in general. In general, I don't have. I don't want to talk to you. I want to have a conversation with you. I don't. I'm good. I'm actually good on that one. Uh, as far as the Tory Lanez case goes, um, found guilty of all three charges, three counts. Uh, I was a little. I I'm not gonna lie. I was actually shocked that he was found guilty um but not shocked by the reaction um it this just widens the disconnect that there is between black men and black women you saw black men on one side you saw black women on the other um and it's something that you know that gap has gotten wider like uh the industry really you know i, I just wonder how black women artists feel about their counterparts moving forward. Because there were a number of male rappers and male performers that were that were rolling that were riding for Tory that still ride for Tory Lanes right now. Despite the fact that a black woman was shot in the foot. So I again I understand business is business. Uh you know, performers are gonna get their bag, gonna get gonna get their money, but I like you're a black woman, and if you're a black woman, and you're you know you mess with these dudes who just completely shit on Meg, and basically you know I would think twice to be honest with you. I would think twice. I mean that you can you know there's always other bags to get out there, um, but uh, I'm not surprised by the, the reaction. Um, we worship celebrities, especially talented celebrities. And, you know, uh, Tory Lane, again, unless it was on, especially it not being on video, like, we had to, it would have to be, he, somebody would have had to have a video of him actually shooting back the stallion for people to actually believe that it happened, that people would believe that he was guilty. And maybe even with a video, maybe people would still, there still would have been people out there that didn't believe it. But look, justice was served as far as I'm concerned. He's not going to do, he's not doing 10 to 20, 15, 20 years. He's not doing 20 years. He'll do maybe three years, two to three years. It's not going to do any serious time. And I don't think his career, I'll be honest with you, I don't think this is going to, I don't think this is going to end his career, per se. Honestly, in, this, in the society we live in, and you already have people out there trying to create petitions 
<laughs> so like you know this is the society that we live in a society that we don't that we don't want to hold people accountable we don't want to hold our, our quote-unquote heroes or celebrities accountable we just don't uh there are people out there who still defend Tory, who still defend you know r kelly after all these years there are people out there who defend kanye west believe it or not but i was happy with the verdict um hopefully you know meg the stallion can get peace of mind and some closure with this decision uh i don't care who i like that whole idea of her sleeping attorneys i could care less about that that nothing to do in terms of him shooting her and that doesn't it it doesn't excuse it it doesn't i, I just that i mean i understand why they had to it had to be brought up in the case from, from the standpoint of what, what was trying to be proven with the three with her and the friend and what have you and you know you know, all bets are off when it comes to a, a trial, something like something of this nature. But the bottom line is, a man, a woman was shot by a man. Period. Black woman was shot by a black man. So, and that shouldn't happen. So, um, hate to end the uh, broadcast broadcast on that note, but it is what it is. Uh, again, I want to thank everybody for uh a year a great year uh we are definitely going to be leveling up in 2023 uh with the with, with more guests uh more co-hosts and just better quality all around the board uh hope you again hope you enjoy the rest of your holiday season and give you a early early happy new year so long with the lucky land slots you can get lucky just about anywhere this is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.